Welcome back, welcome back, you know what time it is, as promised, I told you, as I do one before work today, so, uh, I'm just gonna jump right into it, because I've been hearing it since friggin' Friday, been hearing it since the end of the fourth quarter on Thursday, so, everybody's gonna wanna know my opinion on this, you wanna blame just Chase Claypool for posing like a jackass, takes five, six seconds off the clock, Trey Turner goes to get the ball. It's fumbled across the friggin' field, whatever. Knocks another three, four seconds off the clock. You want to take that as the reason why the Steelers lost. You obviously don't know anything about football, for one. Two, you obviously didn't watch this game in full. All right, first off, the defense was just as bad as it's ever been, okay? They couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. They made Kirk Cousins look like Y.A. Tittle out there, Um. They couldn't stop Justin Jefferson. The secondary was trash. Minka, you could see, was getting aggravated. Cam Hayward was pissed off. You could tell that there was tension between Ben and Mike Tomlin. Um, it just wasn't... It just On the offense, the play calling was atrocious. The offensive line couldn't protect Ben for shit. I mean, Ben got sacked, what, five, six times? This is what Ben Roethlisberger came back for. This is what he came back for. And you have these... Selfish Steeler fans saying, we need him back for one more year. Well, if he's going to come back for one more year for more of the same as this year, then no, no, stay away. Just don't even come back at this point. Um, you know, obviously the tie to Detroit puts our playoff chances less now. It's like a 7% chance. You need a lot of things to go right. And I don't think they're going to go right. And... At this point, let's be realistic. You're better off going for, you know, at least a winning season, no playoffs, and a better draft pick. And you either draft the quarterback of the future or you make a trade to get the quarterback of the future. But either which way, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. You know, and, and we've said it at nauseum. You know, you even got people saying, you know, they could clamor for Juju back. You're the same people who are clamoring for Juju to leave. Now you want Juju back because now you got a new scapegoat in Chase Claypool. And then you got the other ones who don't know a damn thing. They're sitting there saying Juju created all this. First off, Juju doing TikTok builds his brand. And part of the problem is this. And you want to blame Juju, but you have to look at Tomlin. Because Tomlin's allowing this stuff to happen in the locker room. He's allowing the TikTok videos. He's allowing all this. Tomlin, in my opinion, and listen, I love Mike Tomlin. I think he goes down as one of the best Steeler head coaches of all time. But he's got to get a grip of this fucking thing. He's got to get a grip of it. He's got to sit there with everybody and go, listen, when you walk into Heinz Field, you walk into the practice facility, no TikTok, no bullshit, practice, go home, TikTok at home, TikTok at the supermarket, TikTok at the friggin' strip club, I don't give a fuck. Not here. There's no need for it. And you can tell it's pissing Ben off. You can tell it's pissing Cam Hayward off. You can tell it's getting to TJ Watt. You can tell it's getting to a lot of these guys that are here that want to win. They want to win. They want to win now. They don't want to They don't want to win when Ben leaves. They want to win now. But how's that going to happen now? It's not going to happen. Let's just be realistic. 
you know, you look at, you know, you, you, you look at the situation at hand and you have Steeler fans that know what they're talking about, who know it was all around the whole team's fault to why they lost Thursday night. You then have those that they just want to pick one person and that's the one we blame. And then I got people ask me, how do you guys as a, as a loyal fan base always fight with each other? Because this is why. This is why we fight as a loyal fan base, right? Because you got 15% in this corner that don't know a goddamn thing. You have 25% in this corner that know less than the guy, that know a little bit more than the guy who knew 15% over here, okay? Then you have the other, then you have the other two corners where you have ones that know more than the other ones, and then you have the other ones who see everything the way it really should be and the way it really is. Okay, I sit in that corner, okay? I don't know about the rest of you. I know some throughout social media that sit in the same corner I do. Others that do podcasts actually know what they're talking about. So if you want to sit there, and I see it on all the Facebook fan pages, oh, this is all on Claypool, this is all on Claypool, this is all on this guy. This... No, they play as a team. And for Claypool to sit there, and listen, I like Chase Claypool. He's talented, he's this, he's that. Listen, it's the sophomore slump. All right, let's call it what it is. And a lot of them have it. Does Chase Claypool really need to mature? Yeah, bet your ass he does. You know, and a lot of these Steeler players do. You know, like, listen, the the whole personal foul thing, you know, that's what these cornerbacks are going to do. They're going to get in your head. And guess what? As much as the official scene with Breland did, it doesn't matter. They called it on Claypool. And then that's another issue we got to take to task here is how you have the Tampa, you have the Tampa Buffalo game yesterday in a thriller of a game. All right. Buffalo down big. They come back, goes to overtime. Two pass interference calls, not called. Listen, I get it. I understand it. You don't think it annoys me every single friggin' Sunday or Thursday, whatever night the Steelers play? Because it's been happening to the Steelers for years, but it's been getting worse across the whole league. Okay, we could go back to the, it's been 1,400 plus days since since Jesse James caught the ball, okay? Joe Hayden wasn't offsides. I mean, there's countless ones. The phantom pass interference call in New Orleans where we, sh- where we had that game won, you know, the one where everybody blamed Juju for the loss because the ball got stripped from him. But guess what? That doesn't happen if they don't call the phantom pass interference call on Joe Hayden, okay? And like after after work on Saturday, I was at South Shore Cigar, and I'm talking to talking to a couple of people there, and we we got into this discussion. And one guy who barely even watches football, you know, he'll watch it here and there, and even he admitted he knows that sports betting, fantasy football, all this stuff has an effect of the outcome of these games. I don't like to believe in conspiracies. I don't really like to discuss it, but the more and more you see it, the more and more it just comes to light to the point where. Roger Goodell needs to just come out and he just needs to say, yeah, we have our favorite teams. And I tell the officials, yeah, yeah, let them do this throughout the game. But in the pivotal moments, let's make it really interesting now. Okay. All right. And should those pass interference calls have been called? Yes. But if they weren't calling them all game though, now this is the flip side to the coin here. If the refs are letting them play, and they haven't called it for four quarters, and we go into overtime, and you expect it to be called there. 
That's where this conspiracy thing comes into play as well. If they're not calling it all game, then I'm fine with it. But if you're not going to call it all game, here we go. And let's say you got Vikings Packers and there's a playoff spot on the line. And Minnesota needs this game and they're driving down the field. And all of a sudden you decide, now we're going to call an offensive pass interference. And let's say it was third and two. Now you're going to make it, what, third and 12? Now they don't convert. Now they got a punt. Packers win. Minnesota don't get in the playoffs, right? Just as a hypothetical situation, okay? That's what annoys me is how if you don't call it all game, but you call it there. I'm all for let them play. I'm all for letting them play. And and we all get it. You know, the officials aren't going to get it perfect all the time. Whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, whatever the sport. Listen, they're humans just as much as we are. But again, it comes to the point. And somebody asked me, when will they be held accountable? Well, mark it on your calendars. The month of February. Okay, the fifth week of February. That's when it's going to happen. Because if they don't have to be held accountable, then in my opinion is this. Players shouldn't have to be held accountable for what they say after it if they're speaking the truth. Okay? We all remember Mike Mitchell going off in the locker room after a pivotal Steeler game. Okay? We all remember that. We all remember that. Look, at, look, in, the, look in the Vikings-Steeler game alone. Duplicate plays. Steelers on defense, Minka with a nice hit, one of the best hits you could see, a clean hit, and they throw a flag. Next drive, same thing, but with Fryermuth gets absolutely destroyed. He should have caught the ball, but still, nothing called. This is, this is where this conspiracy comes into play now. This is where people say, how is it you're calling it on one, but you don't call it on the other? Now, does that change the outcome of the game? Yeah. Because if Frymuth doesn't get hit, or if you call the flag there, we're not kicking a field goal there, or we're not going to attempt on fourth and whatever it was to go for it and try to score. No. You're going to have first and goal from the goal line, and you're going to pound it right down the fucking middle with Najee. That's what you're going to do. And in speaking of Najee, you got people saying he wasn't worth the pick at 24 We'll get him an offensive line that's going to create better holes. And watch what Najee does. Najee's not going to have 20 for 90-some yards. Najee's going to have 20 for 160 friggin' yards. Game in and game out. And people say, because I posted something in a a Facebook Steeler fan page about how if you're going to be one of those that's just going to blame Chase Claypool, go watch the whole game again on NFL Network when they replay it in like three fucking hours. Okay, and just see how bad the team was all around from the offensive play calling. And this one guy decides he has to come out and says, well, Ben was calling the plays in the beginning of the game. No, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't because you could tell when the tempo of the game changes and when Ben takes over. Okay, and from here on out, you want the Steelers to win from here on out and and improve their playoff chances. Matt Canada, do not call the plays. Let Ben just call everything from the line. Because apparently that works better than having an offensive coordinator. And then if Ben does retire, guess what? Fire Matt Canada, bring Ben Roethlisberger in. Okay? You know, again, and we've said it at nauseum, you know, when I do it with Jay, when I do it, you know, do this by myself, they got questions that need answers. Same thing with the Giants. 
Same thing with the Jets. You know, and in speaking of, as far as I'm concerned with the Giants and the Jets, listen, total overhaul, total rebuild, clean house, Giants side of it, Mara and the Tisch family, you got to get rid of Gettleman. I give Joe Judge one more year. You know, do you pick up the option on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? I, I think you have to do it. Because are you going to go into this year's draft with God knows who's going to be the GM and you'll have, depending on how everything aligns, you'll have you'll have two picks. Either it'll be back-to-back or it'll be, you'll have the fifth pick, I think it is, and then whoever has the sixth pick, then you'll have either the seventh or the eighth pick right after that. You know, are you going to bank on one of these kids coming out, being there, and then having to rebuild around another quarterback or put Daniel Jones in place? You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to rebuild this offensive line somehow, whether it's through. Listen, you got to let Nate Solder go. You need to do something with Andrew Thomas. You got to get a line that's going to make Barkley be who Barkley was in Penn State. Okay. Kenny Galladay's got to stay healthy. Same thing on the Jets side of it. Zach Wilson ain't the answer over there. And you could say, oh, well, Elijah Moore's on the, you know, Elijah Moore's on the, you know, the injured list and, you know, and Mims is, is, is playing every other game and, you, you know, this, that, and it. listen, Zach Wilson ain't the answer there. You were better off drafting Zach Wilson, but bringing in a veteran for him to learn behind. Okay. Look at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a whole a whole nother ball game here. You think the Steelers organizations in disarray with everything going on? You think the you think is a Jet fan you got it bad? Urban Meyer and me and Jay have both said this was the worst fucking choice to be a head coach in the NFL. Okay? I get Shad Khan loves Urban Meyer. Why? I don't know. So did the fucking skanks from Ohio State that show up at bars where Urban Meyer's at and they grind up all over his old decrepit ass. Okay? Urban Meyer decides he's going to bench his best running back. He gets into it with his number one wide receiver, which is Marvin Jones, which whoever thought Marvin Jones Jr. would have been a freaking number one wide receiver anywhere in this league. Okay? He gets into it with them. He calls his coaches losers. But Urban Meyer, let me ask you this. You got mirrors in your house? Because you brought all these coaches in. You're turning around calling them losers. You're the one who needs to defend their resume to the owner. Not them. You. You vouched for every single one of those coaches on your sideline. We said it wouldn't work. It's not going to work. And for people to sit there and say Trevor Lawrence deserves better, yeah. But now here comes into the other topic that uh, that me and Jay have discussed at times, whether it's on here or actually I don't think we've ever really spoken about it on the, on the podcast, more off of it, is the NFL's draft system needs to change. It can't just be the team with the worst record gets the number one pick because look what happens. This is what happens. You have an organization that goes... And drafts one of the best, you know, who you think is the best quarterback coming out of college. And he gets put on a team that's an utter shit show. It's an utter shit show. What the NFL draft should be is the lottery like the NBA. That's what it should be. It makes it more interest. It makes it more fair instead of saying, okay, at the end of week 18 now, you know, oh, we know that Detroit's getting a number one pick. Detroit could have no wins even though they do have one, they could have no wins the rest of the year 
and might not be the number one pick. Who knows? The number one pick could come to friggin... Mm. Who else is another team that blows besides the Jets and the Giants? Actually, the Jets and the Giants could have been in the lottery, and one of them could have got the friggin' number one pick. But then again, you know, the Jets would get the number one pick and probably pick the friggin' highest-rated punter in, in college football. So what does it really matter? But that's something that needs to change. And then we got into it at, at the cigar lounge. I go to South Shore Cigar where, you know, the MLB lockout. And listen, takes two to tango. You know, I had people text me, can you believe these players? They're being so greedy. Well, the owners are just as much to blame as the players here. I mean, call me crazy, but takes two to tango. It's like anything else. You know, it's like if you're having sex with a girl and she gets pregnant, you're going to blame her? No, you both decided to do the deed. And you're the one who decides to either A, not bring a bag to the party, or you said, hey, screw it. I'm just going to leave the seed in her. Nothing's going to happen. Like I said, takes two to tango. And the owners and the players need to come to some mutual agreement. You know, and to talk about the, you know, the, the flat salary cap that they, that they wanted to implement or has been discussed, it works and it doesn't work. Because, yeah, does it help every team become more competitive, you know, to go get a free agent, you know, to make a trade, to pick up a, to pick up a guy who, say, has three years left on his deal but doesn't really want to be where he is anymore? Would it make the teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates relevant again? Yeah, but here's what will happen. The Pittsburgh Pirates will do what they always do, okay? They will they'll sit there and build up their young nucleus of players and then ship them off everywhere, recoup draft picks, and pieces from these other teams' farm systems. Okay, and, and and the team I used as the example of who used to do this is the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics, we all remember Billy Bean took Carlos Pena, traded him off to what, Detroit? You know, he took he, he, every big name he had that, that gained value, he traded off for for guys that were marginal players at best, but because they got on base more or they walked more, those were more important pieces to him. And, and listen, that's all well and good, but what has Oakland done with that since? I mean, yeah, they become more of a relevant team, and that's something that Pittsburgh needs to do. You can't just sit there, build up your young nucleus of players, and then ship them all off. And I got I to gotta give the, the, the fans of the Pirates you know, a round of applause here. Because I don't know how you guys go to PNC Park every single night to watch this team lose. Knowing the fact that a guy like Adam Frazier built up his value and he got shipped. You know, look at, if you look again at all the guys that Pittsburgh shipped off over the past five years, Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, Garrett Cole, and countless others. And look what they've all done now. Tyler Glass now, listen, he's not a household name, but he's Tampa's second best pitcher. Look at Garrett Cole. He's the ace here in New York. Look at Austin Meadows. He's a decent bat in Tampa. I mean, the list goes on. It goes on and it goes on and it goes on. God. You know, and then you even had other interesting games yesterday. 
you know, in the NFL to jump back into that. You know, you want to talk about inconsistent teams. The Bengals and the 49ers, they're like in the top five. Because one week you expect the 49ers to beat the Seahawks. They could barely do that. Same thing with the Bengals. But the thing I have to take issue with, and and this became an interesting game. Cleveland's blowing out Baltimore. Two teams I cannot fucking stand. Lamar gets hurt. And listen, it was a bit of a low hit after he threw the ball. Wasn't called. And I had to hear Ravens fans on Twitter. That should have been called. Listen, you leave the pocket, you're fair game. That's it. It's not going to get called. You leave the pocket, that's the risk you take. You know, then Hundley comes in. He carries him back. And then they get the onside kick and do nothing with it. Horrible play calling. First and 10. All you need is 20 yards to get in the Tucker range. Bomb it. And then you did nothing with it. And you did nothing with it. And you could sit there and listen, you could talk about this guy's out. This guy's out. You lost Marlon Humphrey. This guy's out. This, but guess what? The next man up has got to produce. He's always got to produce. That's it. You could have 100 injuries. I mean, look at the 18 Yankees. That team was decimated with injuries. And we peaked. Granted, they're two different sports. But that's a definition of next man up. And the next man up produced. That's how a guy like Gio Urshela became a, a, a decent name here in New York. You know, but on the football side with Baltimore, you can only use the excuse thing for so long that you really have to look at it this way. Was getting Villanueva a huge improvement over letting Orlando Brown walk? The answer is eh, no. And I told you, Ravens fans, I told you what you were getting with Villanueva. No, no, he's going to be the prime Villanueva he was in Pittsburgh. No. No. Listen, I can respect the fact that Villanueva was in the military. Listen, he was great when he played with us, but the past few years, he was in a decline, and he's showing it more now. He's showing it more now. So how are you telling me, how are you telling me now that he, you know, how are you telling me That Villanueva was going to improve that offensive line. How? Tell me. Tell me how. I, I, I would love to hear how. Okay? You know, on, on the Cleveland side of it, that's a game that if you were blowing them out, you should have kept your foot on the pedal. It's almost like they let up and let Baltimore come back into this game. You know, and you could sit there as a Browns fan. Listen, have the Browns improved with getting Baker? Yeah. Here's the thing you got to take to task here. Who was really the problem? Was it Baker or Odell Beckham? Because a lot of people saying Odell Beckham was the issue. But look at what Cleveland's done since Odell has left. Hmm. And Cleveland's, and Cleveland's going to give Baker a huge extension? If I'm the ownership there, I got to think twice. Baker's not the answer with all that talent. He's not the answer. He definitely isn't. I don't know who is the answer in Cleveland, but it's definitely not Baker Mayfield. Because had Baker Mayfield come into this league and not believed his own hype, and had not increased his own hype, 
and it overhyped the Cleveland Browns team, he just might be a likable guy. But he's not because he's plastered everywhere. He had to run his mouth and you've yet to back it up. And you've yet to back it up. Is Lamar the answer in Baltimore? If they change the offense a bit, where he doesn't have to run around constantly, and if he fixes accuracy issues, yeah, Lamar could be the answer. But again, will they ever replicate or duplicate or ever be on a status which is Ben Roethlisberger as far as the top of the AFC North, the cream of the crop, the king of it all? Hell no. He's not. And that's just not because I'm a Steeler fan. It's because just look at the stats. You show me what Baker and Lamar do in year 18 and 19 of their careers, assuming they make it that long. Okay? Assuming they get there. Okay? If they have more passing yards for their careers over Ben, and they have more Super Bowls than Ben, if they have more, you know, touchdown passes than Ben, then maybe I'll say they could join. But till then, no. And it's funny how you all want to knock Ben Roethlisberger, but yet Ben Roethlisberger is playing better at 39 than Baker is at 26. What does that tell you? And if I have to see one more post about how Ben isn't retiring, how he just wants to leave Pittsburgh to play for another team, that's not happening. So for those who want to write your stupid little friggin' reports, write something that's accurate and true. Because that's not. Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to leave Pittsburgh to go elsewhere for, for what? To get beat up more? That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. Not one bit. That's not going to happen at all. Not one bit, not ever will that happen. But as I got to get ready to take care of some stuff here at work, um, me and Jay will be back. I think we're going to try to do one during the week. If not, we'll be back Sunday. Um, You know, we were going to do one yesterday, and then I woke up late, and he woke up late, so really didn't get a chance to get it done. So with that being said, we're going to try to bang one out Sunday. Uh, you know where to find all the videos. They're on YouTube. You know, all the audios on Anchor, Spotify, Podbean. You name it, we're on it. Good Pods. Um, we're on Twitter. Well, I'm on Twitter. I handle all the social media aspects of it. Jay doesn't know how to do any of that, so I take care of all that. So for those who have listened, watched, you know, commented, even messaged me personally, it's much appreciated. So till the next one. Stay safe, mask up, and as always, peace. How you doing? Good. Who else can do this remix but me? 12 Days of Guido Christmas, G-Fella style.